0: with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. I'm Arielle Laurie, and this is the Blonde Files podcast, where I talk to experts influencers and inspirational people in the world of wellness and beyond. Today I'm talking to Holly Owens. So, Holly is a model and she's also the woman behind Wealthy Belly, which is a lifestyle and wellness Instagram account. So, Holly has navigated some major health issues, most recently being diagnosed with Lyme disease and She also has been a professional model since she was a teenager, so I was really fascinated by how and where these two lives meet, if they do, and also how she navigated having so many symptoms for so many years and navigating the medical world as it is today and finding the right help and the right diagnosis for her. And so she talks a lot about advocating for yourself and for your health. And I just loved talking to her. I think you guys are going to love this episode. So enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Holly from Wealthy Belly. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And Kennedy is on the mic as well. So I've I've been doing my research on you. That sounds so creepy. But (laughs) I follow you, but I've been listening to some other podcasts and just trying to like really understand your story and we have a lot of similar experiences especially with our health stuff so I really want to get into that but um, I'm also really curious just about kind of where you're from how you got to LA and you have you have your wellness page but you're also a model so I'm really interested in that and kind of having those like two lives because they yeah, seem like they can be so different separate yeah so where are you originally from
1: so I was born in Long Beach California Um, we lived in Lakewood though. And my dad passed away when I was two and a half from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And after he passed, my mom wanted to leave, um, Lakewood. So she moved us to Boulder city, Nevada, outside of Vegas, small town, desert, Lake Mead, Hoover dam. It's really great community and so she moved us there so i went to high school there well all of schooling there until i graduated high school and then i had already started modeling so i started modeling around 15 and um, once i graduated high school i just packed up my car my mom followed me in her car and we drove to my model apartment in north hollywood a homeless man was sleeping outside on the lawn and 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 there was like no parking spaces and it was bunk beds it was a studio apartment five of us girls one bathroom
0: it was crazy and so
1: that's how I ended up back in LA.
0: How did you get into modeling to begin with were you just discovered or was it something that you wanted to do?
1: So we would walk around the mall in Henderson and people would come up and say you should model and I honestly didn't know what modeling really consisted of. It was never a goal of mine. I wanted to be a vet or an astronaut or Britney Spears or something. And yeah, (laughs) in her prime. Yeah, Um,
0: not anymore. Yeah, not
1: anymore. (laughs) Um, And so my mom's friend's daughter this competition in LA, it was like a one day thing. So she asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, all right, let's try it. I don't know what will come from it. So. We drove out to L.A., did it, and a woman comes up to me after, and she thought I was a little taller than I actually was. My legs were really long when I was 14, so I was only probably 5'6", I think, at the time. How tall are you now? Almost 5'9". Okay. So she said, let's stay in touch, and when you get to at least 5'7", 5'7 then we'll sign you. So... They ended up signing me a year later when I sent her my homecoming pictures and she sent me to IMTA. It's a massive modeling competition thing in L.A. It takes place over five days and I ended up winning model of the or runner up model of the year and then most sought after model. So it went really well. (laughs) And I signed with a bunch of agencies from there and then I continued to model throughout high school. I missed quite a bit of school, but my principal and everyone understood. So my mom would drive me to L.A. or fly with me to New York or Miami for spring break. And, you know, I would go to castings. And it's so weird now looking back at how I spent my free time. (laughs) But it was really it was really cool. And it forced me to kind of become an adult earlier on, which Mm -hmm. was cool. And I started to make my own money at 15 and was completely independent by pretty much 17. I was making all my own money. And then, yeah, been on my own ever since.
0: Wow. I have so many questions. Go but... for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly curious about like the effect that being in that environment has, like I cannot imagine, I just can't imagine. And you seem so grounded now so we'll get to that but like what is that like being in the environment having what i, I would assume there was a lot of pressure yeah. on you to look a certain way and um i'm sure the industry has changed too in that time that was like what 10 years ago a little more
1: Uh yeah like 12 13 mm-hmm. years ago
0: but yeah what is the impact of of that on
1: it wasn't that there was no real impact in the beginning. I was 15 and a complete stick. All I wanted to do was be able to gain weight and I couldn't because I was so, so skinny and that, I guess, of course worked in my favor going into modeling, but, and I was also very active. I ran track, I played tennis, I danced every day, um, had cheerleading practice, so I was very, very active, ate whatever I wanted, but was extremely active. And when I graduated, I went from basically exercising multiple times a day to pretty much nothing. And when I moved to Australia, I kept my usual diet, but wasn't working out and my body changed. And I gained a little bit of weight and there was some cellulite on the back of my legs and stomach and my Boobs grew a lot, which was probably the only plus <laughs> from all of that. And I came back from Australia, my agency was like, Whoa, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I was like, What? Do you, what? I don't understand. Like, is this, this bad. How long were you in Australia for? Only three months, but okay. I did enough damage, I guess, to <laughs> change my body. And then I went to Miami after that, and I had an agent literally call me in and say hey we need to like get you on a program you need to tone up she gave me a printout of uh like approved foods that i was allowed to eat and it was very very simple like literally only boiled eggs boiled chicken if you want fruit it has to be green apples it was crazy yeah it was crazy it was so oh my god it was awful (laughs) um and i cried like a baby in front of the entire agency because she she grabbed my stomach and I was like don't you see this it's sticking out through your shirt I'm like what I look back those images are still on google oh I'm like god. in a pink bikini I look amazing oh I'm am like so upset that I let that you know really kind of start my body image issues yeah how old were you then just turned 19. god Yeah, that was my first case of realizing someone else can have an opinion Mm -hmm. about your body. Um, So now I look back, though, and that was the first time I really looked at food differently and realized the impact food can have mentally, physically, and um, it forced me to start cooking for myself, which is a great thing. So there's negative to it, but I kind of can turn into a positive now. Did you
0: follow that diet? For a little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I, went from, I, was... I wonder why green apples. I don't
1: I guess it's they're so like strange. lower sugar. I don't know. They're higher but... in fiber. Oh, okay. There you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I was the girl that would eat icing out of the tub. Right. You know, those like, what are those icings from the grocery store? I know exactly what you're talking about. The cake about. icing? It's the exact same thing. I'm not thing. joking. I would get a chocolate I did that one and too. eat it by the spoon. By the spoon. Oh. I could taste yeah. that now, actually. Oh I know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm.
0: Oh, the vanilla was good too. Sometimes I would mix the chocolate yeah. and vanilla. Yes. I would put sprinkles on the vanilla. Well, you just got to get the funfetti. Oh my God. My entire <laughs> high school, that didn't really exist. Funfetti yeah. cake. Anyone's too. birthday, we made a funfetti yep. cake. Same. Yeah. What about you, Kennedy? Oh, funfetti all the way. <laughs> oh my God. Or like the strawberry best. cake with funfetti icing. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm.
1: Have you guys been to? Oh, shoot. There's a cake place. Sweet. Sweet Laurel Sweet Lady Jane or Sweet, sweet Laurel sweet... No, sweet Laurel Is that the healthier oh, Susie one? Susie Bakes. Susie Bakes. Oh, Susie yeah. Cakes. Sorry. Oh, that's right my by my god. house. I oh, love it. Oh my gosh, her Funfetti cake is
0: insane. Uh oh. yeah, that's oh, oh my god. So good. It's right. full of sugar though. That's Chuck's favorite place, my husband. Oh, like the whoopie pies. Oh we yeah. Ever had my boyfriend is obsessed those. with insane. her cake. Yeah. I think I would die if I ate one now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't had I've had a couple but it is
1: a sugar bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh crazy. My God. Yeah. So yeah, what was
0: your lifestyle like up until that point? Were you just kind of Oh like... my
1: gosh, my mom? She would make homemade meals every night. So I had a homemade meal for dinner, but lunchtime it was just get what you want. So I'd drive to Burger King or McDonald's. I'd eat burgers and fries and slurpees and Flamin' hot Cheetos, donuts, anything I wanted, and then go to cheer practice and be totally fine. No bloating, no issues. Just sat there, enjoyed junk food <laughs> like every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the best that I changed my diet. So yeah, but, I think we were all
0: like that when we were just, younger.
1: You know, because yeah, you, you are when you're younger.
0: Yeah, so. I know. I, yeah, I was the same way. Um, okay, so you were 19. You were back here. You were making some changes. Mm -hmm. When did you start experiencing health issues?
1: I started experiencing health issues, I think, when I was 23. 23, yeah. Yeah, so four years ago is when everything took Mm -hmm. a massive change. And up until that point, I had already started cooking for myself, but I would still indulge in normal pizza and wings and soda occasionally and dessert so I was never that strict but I would literally just go kill myself at the gym and work out like crazy that way I could do it all over again the next night so my relationship with you know modeling definitely I think was a big part of it because I was trying to make sure I stayed a certain size or stayed tone so it definitely impacted my life and It's I've seen it, you know, be a lot worse for a lot of other models. So I think for me, it was pretty mild, but it still was at the forefront of a lot of my thoughts.
0: Mm -hmm. So what what were the symptoms that you started experiencing? Like, how was your health changing?
1: It was mainly gut issues. So I went from, like I said, eating pretty much whatever I wanted to having to do elimination diets all the time, cutting out so many foods going on intense supplement protocols and basically had no life because I just would eat at home. I was living in New York at the time and it's a very social place and I would be out with friends. I say, okay, like I'm going to go home first, eat my dinner, and then I'll come back out and meet you guys. And I would do that all the time.
0: And, and that was because of your gut was, healing Yeah, I was protocol. so
1: scared of eating out. I didn't know mm-hmm. what to eat. Everything would set off some reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, okay, the only thing I control is what I cook and what I put into my body. And so if I know what my triggers are, then I'm just going to stay on that path. And then it came with fatigue, severe brain fog for multiple hours a day where I feel like I couldn't talk or hold a conversation with someone and ended up I started to like lose some weight again and then gain a little weight. So everything just my entire body was
0: changing. Mm-hmm. So I went through a similar thing where for like a year, everything I ate was running through me. It's TMI, mm-hmm. but I talk about yeah. it. And it's a big part of my story because that was like the changing point. That's kind of when I started this too. And um, yeah, so I was afraid of everything. Like I would see my friends eat salads and I would be like, how can you eat that and not like be running to the bathroom? Yeah. Like I just didn't get it because I had been like my new normal was that so and everything oh my god the brain fog was so bad the fatigue was so bad i couldn't drive i was so nauseous so bloated and i heard that um or i read that you went to a gastroenterologist Mm -hmm. and they put you on antibiotics and sent you on your way and that's exactly what happened to me yeah it was round after round after round of antibiotics though no gut support and there was no mention of food or anything like that so i'm curious after you had that experience what were you ultimately? Because then you went to a functional doctor, right? Yeah. Um. What? What was the issue? Were they able to figure it out? Um. So at first,
1: the gastroenterologist just said IBS, wanted to put me on a antibiotic, and I said, hey, Let's see. I want to like meet some other doctors first, and then I went to a functional medicine doctor, and he ran so many tests, and the main thing he had found was leaky gut. So, the main thing he wanted to do was just heal my gut and then also give me a ton of vitamins and minerals and things that I was deficient in. And he, I forgot which diet he put me on, but he also ran like the food intolerance test and food allergy test. And I had to remove all the foods that came up on that to reduce any inflammation and any more issues it would cause in my gut. And so I did that for a couple months and things started to feel a little better, but it still wasn't enough. And so I just kept going from doctor to doctor and ended up doing endoscopies and went to a different doctor that said maybe it was my gut motility thing, like the peristalsis that your gut makes to move food through. He's like, maybe that's slow. And that's why you have like so gastroparesis. Gut- yeah, something like that. Mm. And Um, I got that diagnosis, too. Yeah, because most of my symptoms were gut-related, so Mm -hmm. they only focused on the gut. They didn't really think about mental or anything else that could be causing those symptoms. So, yeah, it was a long road.
0: So where did it go after that?
1: It went to—I was talking to my acupuncturist, and she has a doctor that she refers all her Lyme and cancer patients to. So she was like, you should just go see her, because I was saying the main reason why I wanted to find a different doctor is I was looking for a more holistic OBGYN, and she had said, oh, this doctor does women's health as well as is Lyme literate and, you know, helps people with cancer. So I decided to make an appointment with her, and I had started to see on Instagram more everyone talking about Lyme and being misdiagnosed for years and years and I had realized oh wow that's the one thing I feel like I haven't been tested for so I made an appointment with her and told her hey I first appointment I was like I want to be tested for Lyme it's the one thing I haven't been tested for so she did it and then that ended up being what was wrong with me
0: wow so how do they test for that? I'm, I'm kind of like Lyme illiterate. I have a friend who has it, and I see how detrimental it is, but I don't really know much about the diagnosing process.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's different tests. There's the Western blot test and um, basically just different tests that go through the CDC, and the CDC has a pretty big control over how they test. And so there's a company called Igenics. And they are based out of San Francisco, I think, or up in that area. And they are an independent lab, so they don't have to go through the CDC. So they can test a wider strain of Lyme bacteria and co-infections and other uh, types of diseases. So I decided to go with them because I had multiple people say, like, that is the only way to go. Um, The CDC only tests, like, a couple of strains. And if you don't perfectly match up to those strains, they'll say, oh, no, you don't have it. So when I did the IGENIX test, it came up, I think, with four positive different bands of the Lyme bacteria and only two of them were on the C D C list because they show they compare it to like if you were to go through the C D C what would your diagnosis have been? C D C would have said I was negative because two of the four bands were only approved by them. The other two were not. So Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. I wonder how many people get passed over because of that oh my gosh I think it's like 300,000
1: people a year get Lyme and most are misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and wow because a lot of doctors confuse the symptoms with maybe MS or lupus and yeah I mean I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's that was the first real Mm -hmm. diagnosis I had gotten besides leaky gut and um, Lyme can trigger autoimmune diseases so Ever since I've been treating Lyme now, I've gotten my thyroid checked multiple times, and it's completely fine again.
0: Wow. Yeah. And what about your gut? Pretty
1: much almost back to normal.
0: Wow. Yeah. So are there other treatments for Lyme besides bee venom therapy?
1: There are lots of treatments (laughs) for Lyme, but bee venom is the only one that can cure it. So there are tons of scientific studies done on bee venom and many other diseases, but mainly for Lyme and how it pokes holes in the biofilms that are around the Lyme bacteria and it completely eradicates it from your system. Um, Other treatments can make you feel symptom-free and make you feel better, but the Lyme bacteria goes and hides in your bone, tissue, lymph, brain, and it won't be in your um, bloodstream. So even if we were to go get tested, it'd probably come up negative. And so some people think, oh, I'm Lyme free. But no, it's just because the bacteria knew it was being attacked. So it went into hiding and it can come out years down the road. It can come out from a trauma. Um, So there's lots of therapies. There's antibiotics, there's ozone therapy, hyperbaric chambers, IVs, um, herbal protocols and tinctures.
0: How do you get be venom therapy. Like what is that process? Like you use live honeybees.
1: Um I used to get some bees shipped to me. I still do sometimes from a beekeeper. There's one in California and one in South Carolina, I think is where they are. And I would get those shipped to me every 2-3 weeks, but now I have a beekeeper in Topanga that I met at like an event and he asked if he I could if he wanted to supply bees for me. So I said, "Okay." So I go to him now and get the bees, and I have a little home for them that I just keep in my bathroom or in a closet. They don't get out; they're in this little box, and I feed them every day. I give them water. I put them in like my butterfly <laughs> en- enclosure thing so they can fly and pee and poop. So they're pretty much my pets. They're my little <laughs> little ladies, and yeah, you you do you work your way up from one sting three times a week, but I stayed at one sting for about six weeks. You do it down your spine because your spine is your highway of your nervous system. So when the venom goes into the spinal area, it just goes to all points of the body versus being localized in like your arm or something. So you do it down your spine and you work your way up to 10 stings. So 10 stings is the max that you'll do in a session. You do... And does somebody... Put the bee on you? You can have someone help you. I do it myself. Most people end up doing it themselves. That Mm -hmm. way they are in full control. You don't have to rely on anyone. If your husband's not around and you miss a sting session, then you're upset that you missed one. So it's Mm -hmm. just best to do it on your own. That way you are in total control. And um, obviously the people that are super, super sick that can't do that, yes, they have someone help them.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: yeah, you work your way up to 10 stings and then you do it three times a week. And then you detox on your off days. So you do one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off, one day on, two days off, and then you go back to one day on, one day off. How do you get them to sting you? I hold them first with my fingers and their stinger will hit like your thumbnail. They can't sting your nail and then you reach back and you just place them on your skin and it's their natural defense reaction mechanism. so they just sting you some don't because they're mm-hmm. old and they're, they their bees only live four to six weeks so mm-hmm. mine i can keep alive for about three weeks and some just get old and i put them outside i'm like
0: okay you can oh. go like <laughs> you
1: don't want to do it it's okay you can go <laughs> thank you though yeah what but if you're I,
0: allergic to bees
1: so you can work with a progressive allergist okay. to I think it's just pretty much micro, right? micro sting you mm-hmm. and um, be, like work up your tolerance to the bee venom. You can reverse a bee allergy if you are anaphylactic. Uh, if you just have severe swelling or something, that doesn't mean you're allergic. That just means mm-hmm. like you obviously have a reaction to them, but a pure total allergy is anaphylactic to it. Mm-hmm. So
0: your throat closes. Yeah. interesting I read or heard again I don't know that you were going you switch birth control right oh and yeah. that had an effect as well yeah curious about that so I'd
1: started birth control I think when I was 18 or 19 and then when I was 23 I wanted to switch brands and my doctor had said oh yeah that's a great brand to switch to I think it was what was it called? I don't know. I forgot the name of it, but it's the lowest amount of low estrin, maybe
0: low estrin Fe or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, low, low estrin. That's yeah, what yeah. It was. Yeah, that one made me homicidal. Oh my God, slash suicidal. I just went back and forth between yeah. the two and I had to get off it after a week. Yeah, I was like, I thought that one would no. be the
1: best option because it was the lowest amount yeah. of estrogen or something Ugh. or hormones. And my doctor said, Oh, yeah, that one's great not with that doctor anymore I just like to say that <laughs> but anyway my period completely disappeared for the first year I, I thought okay like kind of nice not to have one and then the second year I was like okay this is weird like there's nothing there is no sign of anything happening down there and um then because the other birth control I was on I would still get my period regularly I still had symptoms of PMS before, and um, my doctor had said, "Oh, it's fine. you're modeling, you probably don't want to have to deal with a period. That is such a bad it's sign. So your doctors bizarre. like, yeah, you should be happy. you don't have your period. <laughs> no. So I just made the decision. It was probably three years and it was gone. And I'd made a decision, look, I had a boyfriend now. We were serious, and I'd said,'m I need to get off this because something's wrong. I don't like not having a period. I feel like I am a baby again. (laughs) I don't feel like a woman. So I went off of it and it took nine months of consistent acupuncture um, to pretty much get it back. And it was still on and off for a couple months after that, after I gotten it back. And now it's pretty consistent again. So it took definitely like a year or so Mm -hmm. to get it back. And
0: it's crazy. So with all of these symptoms going on, like I know for me, if it's not my gut, it's my hormones. And if it's not my hormones, it's the next thing. And Mm -hmm. there's it's whack-a-mole. There's always something. And there's so much information out there. There There's so many different ways of practicing medicine or alternative health and um, healing in general, acupuncture and colonics and this and that and the other thing. There's so much. How did you, like when you're in the thick of it, how do you navigate finding what's right for you and kind of shutting off the noise and really like just finding a solution.
1: When I was in the thick of all my health issues, I never once turned to social media to try to figure out what was wrong with me or see if other people had the same issues because it. I feel like the health and wellness scene on Instagram has really exploded in the last at least maybe three years. I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's a lot more accounts out there now sharing things. And the only tool I had was Google and some doctors, but those doctors, I wasn't really, they weren't aligning with me and what I wanted. And I, I never really decided, oh, the holistic route is the way I want to go. It just kind of happened. The more research I did, I was like, well, that kind of sounds better to me. So I kind of just Started going down the holistic route and slowly got into acupuncture and was experimenting with colonics and realized like, oh, those made me feel better. And I think there's just so much noise now when it comes to health issues. Everyone's trying to sell you something and I, you know, you have to become your own doctor. And I get so many messages from people you know they're sick and they just want like the shortcut they want the cliff notes of how to get better and that's not how i did it i'm sure that's not how you did it like it takes you have to do your own research and it takes a lot of time and the amount of knowledge i have now is crazy but it's all because of things that i personally went through and i really think you just have to trust your gut go from doctor to doctor if your doctor's saying something that just doesn't sit right with you, then find another opinion like you don't have to stay with your doctor and Mm -hmm. I think just test, don't guess and just really tune in to yourself and your symptoms and if you really think something's wrong stick with that and just keep researching like researching is the way to go because Mm -hmm. there's I tried every single elimination diet and yeah there's plenty of people that are like oh that one's not good that one's not good well how are you going to know if it's not good if you don't try it I think it's really it can be really beneficial and relatively harmless to just change your diet. So, yeah, I think just
0: be in control and and food, try things out. Like the easiest thing people always ask me about like, well, how do you know like what's triggering you? Like food journals are. yeah better than any test in my opinion yeah again i'm not a professional but having gone through it like that yeah, was I have so
1: many food journals <laughs> the
0: most illuminating things <laughs> i always thought like no i eat really clean like i know what i'm eating but then if you actually write down like I ate this, and then thirty minutes later, you how get do you done, like, feel? Every little snack, yeah. Too, you're like, Whoa, yeah, and you're like, okay, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh wow, I eat the entire day.
1: <laughs> I'm eating all simple meals all day. Yeah, long. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm eating it multiple CTA times chips a Chips, oh
0: from- so <laughs> Yeah, and and I was like, oh wow, like this thing is making me like really tired mm-hmm. after. Like, okay, I'm gonna try taking that out. Yeah, I just I think people that.
1: need to just be more confident in the fact that they want to be in control and not let a doctor bulldoze them into a certain path and Mm -hmm. just stand your
0: ground. That's how I got through all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that you're um, encouraging people to listen to their bodies because Mm -hmm. like we know our bodies best. Nobody else knows how we feel. We're the one in it. We're living
1: in it 24 seven. The doctor has you for 20 minutes. Right. And they're trying their best. But
0: And there's something too like walking into a doctor's office and looking like a young, vibrant, healthy woman, like they don't think any Oh my god, the first thing thing the
1: functional doctor said to me, the first functional doctor said to me, was, You look too healthy to be in here. What's Uh wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, Well, there's a lot wrong with me and clearly Um, I look fine. Right. And what ended up happening was he he had me probably within the first six months of when I think I got bit from Lyme and he didn't even think to test of Lyme now I'm just like, if only I had been more educated and maybe Lyme, I could have brought it up to him. But, you know, like knowledge is power. Right. And people. I I get so many messages, just people like not wanting to do the research or just, Mm -hmm. hey, can you send me the link to that? No, no, I'm sorry. I had to do all the research in the past. You can do it, too. Yeah. And don't you want to be confident going into your doctor's office knowing all the questions you want to ask and like maybe what the possible answers could be and how to navigate that? So, yeah. also make a list to go into your doctor I love of it. all your symptoms. That way you're prepared because you only got a short time in there. <laughs> I got my questions loaded, ready to go. That's smart. Yeah. I make the most of it because yeah. it's expensive.
0: Yeah. And we're all so different. And that's the Mm -hmm. other thing. So like what works for you is probably not going to work for me. And it's probably not going to work for Kennedy and the next person and the next person. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think like if there had just been a pill that I could have taken that would have made me better, would I have done it? And I don't think I would because... Now I have all this knowledge and I understand my body so much better. I'm so attuned to it Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Sometimes I'm like, really? Like, this sucks. I'm so sensitive.
1: But it was a pain to get to that point. But now I am grateful for everything that I had to go through, honestly, because now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, "Okay," like there was a point to all of it. And now Mm -hmm. I can educate others and empower others to take control of their health.
0: And that's what you're doing with your account. Yeah. So how did that come to fruition?
1: So I had some friends I, on my modeling account. I was slowly starting to post some health tips and recipes, and I could just tell it wasn't really. It didn't fit. Everyone there was just there. <laughs> I just want to see the hot girl for like modeling <laughs> photos? And So I'm like, this sucks. Like this is what I'm really into. I want to be able to share about it. And I had a couple girlfriends say, you just need to start your own account. Um, a place to post your beauty tips and recipes and how you travel. I was so scared. I didn't want to do it. I thought it was just so scary to put myself out there and be vulnerable and be open about like what I actually enjoy outside of modeling because modeling has been my life for the last 13 years. And it started to become me. And I forgot like what passions did I have. So I ended up starting the account. It took me six months to pull the trigger, and finally do it. But it also was so hard to find a handle, a name for it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. How wrote... did you
0: come up with Wealthy
1: Belly? I, I had So I was in the middle of all my gut issues, so I knew I wanted it to be something like belly-related or gut health, something like that. And my boyfriend and I had been throwing around names for a couple days, maybe even weeks, and we had just finished a hike. And we got in the car, and he goes, Oh, because I really liked how wellness and healthy mixed together. You can make it wealthy. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not well by belly. I have a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, some old English. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. My my old one was the Blonde Files uh-huh. because I wanted to be anonymous when I started mine. But it was like two, it was two E's in the beginning because somebody had the Blonde Files. So everyone was like the Blonde E-Files. And I'm like, oh E-Files? Gosh. E-Files? <laughs> no. <What? laughs>
1: Oh yeah so we got in the car and he was like wealthy belly and i I was like that's it so oh my good. gosh and i go on because we had so many other names but they were all taken some of these people have zero followers and i was dming them like hey, i did the same thing can i buy your handle from you and there's no
0: response so they have haven't them. been active since yeah 2014. They, none of them are yeah. even active on, yeah. Even, I think I emailed Instagram to be like this. I'm getting trademarked. Like they don't give a shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> even even just my name, Holly Owens. My Instagram handle is underscore Holly Owens. And the normal Holly Owens is like some old woman with zero posts, zero followers. Oh, and I'm like, that's give so me annoying. your handle. <laughs> now I'm like, whatever. But and so I went on Instagram and typed it in. I'm like, oh, my God, no one has it. This is amazing. So I took it. And then I think two days later, I did my first post and freaked out and like threw my phone across the room and was like, oh my God, <laughs> what am I doing? I have zero followers. Uh, I'm starting all over. So, But you grew really quickly, right? Because when did you
0: start the account?
1: Pretty much in like three weeks. It's been two years. Wow. Yeah. So that's really fast.
0: Yeah. And what do you attribute that to?
1: I think just... Because I don't have a schedule that I post on or anything. I don't post every day. I just post what I want. I really got into stories. And I think people really like seeing your day-to-day, seeing your face, seeing things that aren't perfectly edited or filtered. So I got really into stories. And um, I don't know. I think I just was vulnerable and posted tips. And I've had some really great friends that have like a following and they would share my account and I was always like oh my god you just (laughs) gave me a thousand followers I love (laughs) you thank you (laughs) it was such a rush I was like oh but yeah I don't know it just kind of I think has grown from other accounts sharing it and being vulnerable and taking people along my health journey because it's cool now to look back and see Mm -hmm. how far I've come and watch all my old stories and think wow man I was I was in a dark place. I didn't look it, but I was going through. It's like your diary, yeah. So it's just like my video diary, and it's really cool to go back and watch those videos.
0: And it must be kind of nice that like Instagram isn't your job, yeah. So you have the freedom to like kind of do whatever you want, yeah, Yeah, and not not, be like a slave to it.
1: I'm not all in it, so you know I'm, I'm grateful I have modeling to be the way I make my money, and now I get. Side things from Instagram. So that's a little extra cash on the side. I didn't start doing brand things until, I mean, less than a year ago, I think. So I really took my time and just didn't do sponsored things. I just put out things I really wanted to. um, And I still do that. But the brands that I do work with now are brands that I've already used or do some research on and realize, like, okay, this is a good brand. I don't just promote anything. Mm so yeah
0: so how is modeling now compared to then and how how did it change throughout all your health stuff the modeling
1: world has definitely changed the size of a model has changed it's not as they don't want the sick looking girls which thank goodness finally (laughs) finally (laughs) and they just want healthy girls so yeah, it's, it's changed and it's been great that it's changed. Um, when I first started, I was still so young that it was probably best that I wasn't so in it because I didn't see maybe how crazy the girls were with their diets or drugs or whatever they were doing to stay as skinny as they could. So it's, it's changed a lot. And honestly, now I show up on jobs and People on the on the like within the crew were already like, "Hey, I follow you on Wealthy Belly." What? (laughs) So the two worlds are kind of combining, but that's cool. Wealthy Belly will always be, will never really be modeling related. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Because I would imagine there's a lot of stress, and you probably travel, and I'm sure it's like a kind of can be a fast paced life. So, how do you make sure that you're keeping your health in check now and and just managing all of that
1: the main way i've always managed it even the busiest i've ever been when i was traveling to the east coast like probably almost once a week for a year the main way i made sure i was staying healthy and feeling good was through diet so i would bring my food i would travel with my cooler bag and ice packs and that would be my carry-on and have literally five days worth of food in it (laughs) if I were going somewhere that I knew probably didn't have the best food options so um, yeah food was my main anchor to making sure I stayed feeling good and supplements sleep dry brushing or working out making sure I got a sweat in and just kind of making sure I really vegged out after a shoot even if it's just in my hotel room before the next shoot. Um, just making sure I really rested a lot. Because there's definitely a lot of traveling within mm. this career.
0: I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, let's do some listener questions. Okay. Um, how do or did your health issues affect your job?
1: Well, I was really good at hiding <laughs> my health issues and how I was feeling. Um, I remember some jobs sitting there just in the deepest fog and not wanting to act like I was so happy and full of life and energized, but I just powered through and it was really interesting. I feel like the universe slowed down for me when I was feeling my worst. So even last year, modeling was pretty slow for me. And I feel like it was just because I was really trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I think the universe just was like, hey, we're going to put this off to the side so you have time to dive into your health and figure out what's wrong. And the second I started feeling better, I've been working more than ever, like, in my entire career. And it's been wild, but I didn't really have the option to, like, say no to jobs when I was feeling like crap. Um, so I would just really sad, but I would really push through and just try to make sure I could do it. And the beautiful thing about modeling is sometimes you don't work every day. So you have five days off and then maybe you work once. So I did have a lot of downtime. So if I had a nine to five, probably would have been really, really brutal. So I feel for all the sick people out there that are still holding their jobs. It's so hard.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Especially with like that fatigue and yeah. the brain fog. I don't Your know. The brain how. just does not I work. work when I was going through that. Yeah. Um, what about like I mean, were you ever like super bloated on a oh shoot my God. day? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do?
1: <laughs> the amount of sucking in I've done oh. throughout the years. Oh, <laughs> like I never want to suck in again. <laughs> no, I I used to get so, so bloated. Like six months pregnant type of bloat. And I remember there was one where I was doing a lingerie shoot. Mm. I was so scared to eat my lunch. But I did. And I remember feeling so bloated. I just was like, I looked in pain probably in all the photos. <laughs> I was trying so hard. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Can we be done with this shoot? Can they this just shot? Photoshop? <laughs> I mean, what did
0: they do? I mean,
1: from the front, I don't think I looked oh, you can't tell. that bloated. Mm-hmm. But it was if I, like, turned to the side, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, really suck it in as I walk back to the dressing room be like, see, everything's fine. Now I'm like so open on shoots being like, guys, we got to do these shots before lunch because <laughs> I'm
0: not wearing that after lunch. <laughs> so you bring your own lunch to work, right? Do yeah, you still, I do still, that? still do What's like much? a typical lunch for you? Normally
1: some greens and maybe leftover roasted salmon, maybe some roasted veggies with olive oil and apple cider vinegar. That's kind of my go to or some avocado and chicken or something with greens. So I kind of. Keep it pretty simple. Um, And then I bring little snacks. So I'll bring like my seaweed snacks or maybe some nuts. I make my smoothie in the morning and I bring that in a little cooler thing. Um, Yeah. Keep it simple. How do you deal with guilt after indulging? Good one. Something newer that I've been able to really move past. I used to eat and then be so upset that I ate the amount I did and think okay tomorrow this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna work out twice tomorrow and only eat this and that or do liquid diet and it was just such a like gnarly cycle that now I just realize that one meal is probably not really gonna make a difference I'll probably wake up feeling completely fine now that I've done a lot of gut healing work um and sometimes even just test myself where I know that oh I probably ate a little more than I should, and then I don't work out the next day just to prove to myself, see, it's okay. <laughs> You're fine, or I'll just go on a little walk. I don't I don't try to like get back into that negative cycle mm-hmm. of eating, working out, eating, working out, and then starving yourself or something. So I just really realize it's not really gonna make a big difference. I relax. We're human. It's okay to enjoy. Sometimes you just really got to put it down for a second. Take a couple breaths and think, is this really what I want? And most of the time it's, no, I don't really want this. If it is, go for it. But really try to be more mindful about why you're eating.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now we're going to kind of jump to something (laughs) totally different. What's your skincare regimen? Oh, You have amazing skin.
1: Boy, Um, (laughs) I love skincare products. I love Naturopathica products. I use all non-toxic, clean products. I don't want to use products that are full of chemicals and things. Um, So I do a lot of masks. The Naturopathica Cherry Mask is one of my favorites. And I go see Ivan. He's the beauty sandwich. He does treatments through radio frequency. So it's similar to... He trains at our gym. I know him really well. No way. Yeah. The dog pound? Or oh, wait. He used to train at a tighter U where I, where he trained. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I met him like right when he had moved to LA. Yeah. He's been uh, here he's, for a little over a year. He's amazing. Yeah. So he's blown up. He's doing like every major Victoria's Secret model yeah. now and celebrity. So I'm like, hey, don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> so He's I've like been the seen, kindest human being. Yeah. I've seen him for about a year now. And so it's basically an alternative to Botox and filler. And I go to skin worship. I see Emma for facials and yeah eat clean drink a lot of water eat good food you know clean skin yeah. starts from within so if yep. you take care of your gut it will show through your skin
0: yeah so when you were having gut issues was your skin it would
1: uh, I had eczema you did. around my eyes and around my mouth and then once I started treating Lyme with the bee venom I broke out like crazy. I had so much, so many blemishes all over my face for a little while. They would come and go, but I knew that was just a sign of the lime dying off and Mm -hmm. detox too. But yeah, no, I've had my skin's pretty much back to normal now.
0: So, what would you suggest to somebody who might be going through like these uncomfortable symptoms and they're trying to figure out what to do? Or what's wrong? Well, I would say first
1: write down all your symptoms. That way you can visually see what is wrong. And my route is just to always start with something more functional or an integrative doctor or holistic doctor or nutritionist. Um, get test work done and see if anything, you know, triggers anything through the test. And, um, yeah just try to stay positive i know it's crappy and so many people want to hibernate and go away i did it too um but try to meditate find a good doctor that you really like that you feel like listens to you and doesn't try to push you out the door and yeah just make your list and try to stick through it keep going
0: love it um all right well where can everybody find you
1: I am at Wealthy Belly on Instagram. It's W E L L T H Y B E L L Y.
0: Yay, thank you. Thanks. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you enjoyed it, if you like the podcast, if you feel compelled to support me, I would really appreciate it if you took a minute and went over to rate and review if you haven't and subscribe if you want to. It really makes a big difference on my end and it is enabling me to keep doing this and take it even further. So I appreciate you guys and I will talk to you next week.